0: Here's your host Griffin Youngs and Christian Boulay. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Teledabs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I am Griffin Youngs, joined by Christian Boulay, as always. The, these post-Minnesota podcasts are always the best just because we own them at this point. We, I think we can safely say yeah, I mean it's
1: we're, we're the state of hockey for a reason. Uh, yeah. we, we had to go in and prove it last and, night, and everybody uh,
0: agrees on it. There's never been any disagreement on that. Nope, never
1: been a disagreement. I love how the ABS are trolling them now too. I guess at the airport they have it playing that uh it's like Eric Johnson saying "Welcome to the state of hockey." So, I mean that's just pure like the, the ABS have to know they're in on the troll at this point. So I, I mean
0: we've earned it at this. Oh, yeah. We you we cannot have the 365 days that we've had especially owning Minnesota in every level of hockey and not earn just a little bit of trolling.
1: Yeah, no, we definitely earned it, but it's just so hilarious that they're actually diving fully into it. So I'm all for it. It is great. Um, and it was a, it was a, uh, it was a regular season hockey game last night or Monday night. By the time you listening to this, that was, uh, faking as a preseason hockey game.
0: Yeah. Uh, just to be real, both teams sucked in this game. Yeah, it wasn't good. The both teams come January are gonna be completely unrecognizable. Yes. The abs were the abs were sloppy. They were missing passes, they were missing assignments, the penalty kills still terrible. And Minnesota cannot play defense, and they cannot get a single save. It's actually shocking watching their goalies try to stop pucks.
1: Yeah, and I mean we we both said when Gustafson got the call that we're like, oh, it's probably gonna be a better goaltender game. Um, but as it
0: turns out, he may be worse than Marc Andre Fleury. Well, technically he only allowed five goals in this true. Game, so true. And and he finished the game, which is more than Fleury can say against the Kings the other day. But yes. some of the goals that Philip Gustafson gave up in this game for Minnesota were some of the worst I'd ever seen, and they were back to back.
1: Yeah, they were the, really
0: bad. The Sam Gerrard goal, I genuinely do not know how that happens. The Rantanen goal in the second period, how are you a professional? And you're you're giving up that. You're you, not even giving up that. You caused that.
1: Oh, yeah. You, that there was, are
0: so many things you can do there for that to just not happen.
1: Yeah, no, I remember the last time that happened for the Abs. I don't know if you remember, it was probably like two or three years ago. Uh, I think it was Landy just chipped one in from just beyond the blue line, and it just handcuffed Matt Murray and went straight in. Oh, yes. It was when he was on the Penguins. It was one of the most hilarious goals, and I think this one surpassed as most hilarious goal.
0: I and mean, what that, a way for Nico was, to get his first goal of the year. Yeah, I mean, the Matt Murray one was pretty funny, but, I mean, this is – if the tables were turned, and that's Georgiev or Frankie giving up those goals, I, I'm coming on here irate. Like you yes. are single-handedly costing us that game. So I guess we should probably say the score: the Abs win six to three over the Minnesota yes. Wild in Minnesota, their first win in Minnesota in their last three tries, and they move to two one and zero on the season, while Minnesota falls to o and three on the year. They've got one more home game in those four-game homestand, and they could stand to lose all of them. Things are yes. not pretty in the junior state of hockey.
1: Yeah, it's not good. Um Everyone in Minnesota is freaking out. And it's very funny because I remember the abs were exactly like that last year oh, yeah. where you have all these expectations coming in and it's just not good to start the year. Uh My concern with Minnesota is the same thing we talked about on Monday show where outside of Kaprizov, who who else do they have? Like who else do they have? And that was the Like case in point. Last night or Monday night against the Avs, it was Kaprizov and after him, it was a whole lot of nothing.
0: Yeah. I mean, it was Kaprizov. He picks up two goals minus three because no defense. Joel Eric Sadek, I thought was really good, and Kalen Addison looked decent for them. That's that's about it, really. Yeah. I mean, it, it's me and you both were,
1: I think, rightfully concerned about this minnesota team and it's showing up right now
0: yeah Um, but like just the fact of the matter is they cannot get a save correct watching minnesota games is shocking right now because the kind of goals that are going in like you can't believe either of these guys are at the nhl level yeah and like let let's be real the abs did not play their best i thought pound for pound minnesota might have played a little better just because they were desperate and their goaltending straight up cost them this game. We should not have won.
1: No, we should not have won, but if there's an Abs player who I thought was fantastic last night, it was Alexander Georgiev. Oh yeah. I thought he looked terrific last night. I mean, he's he he wasn't the only reason why we won this game, but he was a very very big reason of why we did.
0: Yeah, I mean, the thing we've talked about with Georgiev for so long, ever since we acquired him, is like, oh, well, he's going to be behind the Avs defense. We don't need him to be that good. He made 36 saves tonight on 39 shots. And the three goals that went in, none of them were his fault. I mean, that's a Kaprizov. The first one's a Kaprizov snipe from far away, beautiful passing. The other one's just the penalty kill, just forgetting Joel Eriksson exists and just giving him wide open ice to tip a puck in. And then the last one's another Beautiful offense from Minnesota. And it's Kaprizov again. There's nothing he could do. And he made some big saves. Oh, yeah. Like, like just game-saving saves. Comes up large. And that was the difference. This was a sloppy game for both sides. I mean, just look at Kale McCarr. Kale looked sloppy today. That was the probably the first time since last October where you can say maybe Kale McCarr was, I hate to say the, the B word, bad. But even yeah. even bad for Kale is two points. Yeah,
1: but I I didn't think he was as bad as a guy. I thought Eric Johnson really struggled last night.
0: Yeah, I'm not I'm not uh, put, I'm not pinning this on just Kale, but I'm just saying yeah. model of consistency, best defender in the NHL, Kale McCarr did not look good, which is very yeah. indicative of this game as a whole.
1: Yeah, it was very indicative, but it was. It was weird for McCarr because he still had his flashes of offense, and he drew that late penalty on Joel Eriksson eck which was hilarious. Uh, that gave the Abs the the power play to eventually go up by two. But I mean, the Abs are two and one, and I think that's pretty good considering how mediocre they've looked so far.
0: Yeah, I mean they're they're still working out a lot of stuff so far. But one thing I I'm not really seeing is cup hangover. This is a team that's trying. Yes, there's just a system things that are still being worked out and they just look like it's early season. And a lot of guys didn't get a ton of preseason games. And by November, I think this team's just going to be absolutely steamrolling through. Cause oh, I'm, yeah. I'm not seeing cup hangover. They, they look no. like they want another one because even in, I'm talking about, they played sloppy. They were giving up turnovers. They were still hanging in this game. And this was still a, a very gutsy win. Even when you're sloppy, you're still trying.
1: Yeah. You're still trying. And the thing is, is if the Avs clean it up, I think they win that game like 6-2 if, yeah. if it's a clean game. Uh, Honestly,
0: I think they get more.
1: Yeah. With the I mean, golden was... that
0: Minnesota has, I think they get more.
1: Agreed. And they'll get there. It's just right now they're they're still working through their kinks. And we have to remember last year, this team was average, below average. No,
0: no, no this team was bad at this point yeah. last season. Like that that weak stretch against Washington – Florida and Tampa, not Tampa, they looked okay against Tampa, but like they looked bad injuries, suspensions, bunch of stuff, but it was, it was starting to add up after not too long. And I I remember after that Washington game, we were like, Holy shit. That is one of the worst performances this team's had in a long
1: time. Yeah. And then they followed it up against Florida and poor Jojo had zero chance in that game. <laughs> that yeah. was when Florida was still super hot. So yeah, I mean, they're two and one right now. There's a lot of things to clean up. I think probably my biggest concern right now with this Avs team is the PK. With and that, I'm not with even, that question.
0: It's the and worst I'm, in the NHL right now.
1: Yeah, I'm not even super worried about it because I know they'll figure it out because they did it last year. Remember how bad the PK was to start the year last year? Well, and then they dug themselves a hole that they couldn't get out of, but I think they were probably top 10 after December with their PK.
0: Well, the thing is, is like, It felt like last year for the entire regular season. I don't think this is a thing that fixed itself in January Mm -hmm. is the power play and the penalty kill traded when it was good. When the penalty, when the penalty kill was good, the power play sucked. When the power play was good, the penalty kill sucked. It wasn't until game one against Nashville where both worked at the same time. Yeah. And so right now I think they're, they're what they're five for 10 on. Yeah. It's not good. Yeah. It's not, it's 32nd in the NHL. It's bad. I thought this game was their worst on the on the penalty yes. kill so far. Because against Chicago, I thought the penalty kill was good outside of five seconds, and those all led to goals. They gave up one grade A chance, and there was nothing Georgiev could do on either of them. Those led to goals. Against Calgary, I feel like it was the same thing. They were doing well, and then one breakdown happens, and it ends up in the back of your net. This time, I thought it was just bad the entire time, and it ended up in goals still, And they were lucky it wasn't more.
1: Yeah, it definitely could be more. It's just weird because it's a lot of the same like PK guys that were on the team last year. I mean, you got you got Taves and McCarr as the top uh, demon, which they're looking okay. And then you got O'Connor and Cagliano have been pretty solid uh, in the PK in the past. Is Darren Helm really that important to the PK
0: I mean, if you're talking about taking out Lucas Sedlock and putting in Darren Helm, I think it does make a difference. We will talk about Lucas Sedlock in a little while, specifically because he has been waived. Yep. And so we'll get to all of that in due time. I don't want to get too far off topic like I'm known to do. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, Helm getting Helm back is going to make a difference. I, I think it's just early season stuff. It's just you got to work it out eventually. Yeah. I mean... It's positioning stuff. It's just losing Joel Eriksson. It doesn't even look like they lost him. It just looked like they just thought they didn't need to cover him.
1: Well, didn't and, they give up a breakaway to him earlier on that PK too? If I remember right, didn't he have a breakaway on a power play? I which think is, he
0: did too. That, yeah. That's unheard of. You never give Oh a yeah. Away. I know. Yeah. I know exactly what you're yeah. talking about. And that was Kale McCarr. Yeah. Like, like that was McCarr just letting Joel Eriksson get behind him. Great save by Georgi of their ton of breakaways from Minnesota in this game, which is, prime example of like that just doesn't happen normally yeah. for the yeah but Georgiev stood tall and that's one of the examples I'm talking about where I thought that Kale outside of some of his two points and setting up the 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 backbreaker from McKinnon just wasn't particularly good in this game and then you get Kalen Addison at the point and like they, there there's like a square around Joel Eriksson there's no one in the shot lane and there's nobody on Eriksson and as a professional NHLer who gets paid like Eriksson does that's what you practice a million times is that kind of deflection. Of course, yeah. that's going to go in. And it did. So I,
1: I I would say I'm slightly concerned about it, but even then it's like a 10% I, concern just because
0: it's we're three games into the season. I think yeah. I think concerned is the wrong word. I think it's just we've played three games and the penalty kill has been bad in three games. I don't think it's going to be bad in game 30. I just think it's fair to say through three games, the worst penalty kill in the NHL has been bad. Yeah.
1: The worst But the power play, on the other hand, continues to look fantastic.
0: Yeah, just genuinely really, really good. They only had two opportunities in this game, which is strange because Minnesota committed a lot more than two penalties in this game. But they ended up getting away with a lot because they ended up canceling out a lot of them for some reason. But on the two power plays that they had, they, they get one from Nathan McKinnon, the backbreaker in the third period. And their first one, I mean, you're not going to score on every single one. I thought they still looked pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I'm really liking that top unit with Val and Leckie on there. Uh, I
1: think a concern we had was who's going to fill that bumper role that Kadri leaves, and uh, Val's fit in pretty nicely in that role.
0: I mean, is there is there anything Val's done wrong so far this season?
1: Um, Not gotten Alex Newhook and Evan Rodriguez a point yet. I think that, I think we have to hold that against him.
0: Yeah, well... <laughs> <laughs> when when it's Val who has six points and those guys have zero, unless I'm wrong. Yeah. No, I, they both have zero. Yeah. I I think it's not particularly up to him at that point, but we'll get to all that. Yeah. time. due Why don't we start all the way back at the beginning? I feel like we're, we're all over the place. Right oh yeah. I mean, it's typical game.
1: stuff. So,
0: yeah. So this game starts out and the abs, they look pretty good early on. Eric Johnson fires a shot right from the point and, just pinballs around off of several different people ends up being ben myers who gets the goal crazy fluke bounce it looked like it was going to be ej's goal then myers goal there was a point in time where i thought it was mcdermott's goal even or like, lost but, it yeah i would have lost it it looked like there was a time where it bounced off of him it ends up being ben myers in his first game against the minnesota wild because of course and not exactly how you script it but Either way, abs up one, nothing early and good for Ben Myers, but also looks like he might not have a chance for at least a little while because he gets sent down to the Eagles a couple hours yeah. ago. Yeah, no, I
1: mean, it, it's definitely, I thought that fourth line had a good couple first shifts in the first period and then they just disappeared the rest of the day. They, they played six minutes total. So, I mean, it's not surprising that you see that Myers get sent down, but yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that first goal, it was the definition of a fluky goal. Like, there's, it had no rhyme or reason going in the net. I didn't know it went in. I was watching it live, and I was like, wait, why are they – so?" oh, it went in the net.
0: Yeah, because Gustafson like, didn't move. Yeah, because, like, I thought it went. I was watching that live. I was like, that that went in, didn't it? Like, yeah. it looked like it just bounced right over him, and that's exactly what happened. If you tried that a thousand times, you would never be – you can't practice that kind of thing. It's a just oh. – a shot on goal from EJ through traffic. It hits Ben Myers' stick. It goes, I don't even remember what wild player it hit, but it goes off of a wild player goes up in the air in a perfect way that it doesn't hit Gustafson as bad as he was. It pucks aren't just going to go through him. It goes over him and somehow ends up in the net. I mean, just crazy fluke, lucky goal, but
1: we'll take it. Yeah, we'll take it one, nothing. And then, Kirill Kaprizov happens, and it's one one.
0: Yeah, I, f- I feel I mean, like got I feel like that's just a very apt way to describe it. Karel Kaprizov, he's ridiculous. He's gonna score probably 120 points this season. I 30. hate
1: that he's on the Wild because he is so fucking good, oh, and I want man. him to do well. But also, he plays for the Wild, so I fucking hate his guts.
0: Yeah, it's like it's the one thing the Wild have gotten lucky about in the last decade is they picked Kaprizov in the fifth round. He almost like didn't show for nearly a decade. He finally comes over. And after one year, it looks like he's going to leave. And he signs that big deal. And it's like, man, we couldn't just, it couldn't have just been funny to have them be bad forever.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's the only downside because he is an awesome player to watch. I love watching him play.
0: So fun. Like I'm I'm fully, I fully believe he's going to win the heart this season. Like I when I say 120 points, that's not an exaggeration. I genuinely believe he's going to do that.
1: Yeah. If his team even comes close to sniffing the playoffs, if they get in as an eight seed, like he should be, he's going to be the reason why they get there. So it should be him, but that was just his first of many, but he is awesome to watch. And he's just, I so just good. Wish,
0: like, he makes yeah. everything look so effortless. It doesn't matter. That he's playing with Tyson Joe. he'll make Joe's look good.
1: Yeah, I mean, he made Brian Hartman and fucking Matt Zuccarello look good. So I think that's just, that's just how he is. And the play he had, it's a delayed penalty, uh, keeps the puck in, keeps it away from Makar. McCar kind of loses him, and he just gets a wide-open chance at the top of the slot. Buries it, rightfully so, because that's just how good he is, like we just mentioned. And it's 1-1, and you kind of sat back and you go, all right, we got a fucking hockey game that we're going to have to
0: here. I was like, all right, I feel like my 5-4 prediction from last episode is probably going to come true here. Yes. It's not that I thought Georgia was going to have a bad game. I just like the wild, they have that ability to just score sometimes. And they, they did that a lot against the Kings, especially against us last year where we score and then they score and then nothing happens and we score. And then a minute later they score. It's just a constant back and forth between us. And then it just kind of slowed down for a little while. I thought from this point on, at least until the Gerard goal, I thought Minnesota played better than they They did. They control a lot. Of time in the zone, really. The only thing the abs had going was they they dominated the transition game early on, at least, and got a lot better later on too. But Minnesota was hemming the puck in the zone for a long time. They had a lot yeah, of that never there.
1: happens against the abs. That yeah. never happens.
0: Yeah, and like they just this continued all night. They could not get the puck out. It seemed like everything they did, it was either a soft clear or it was a hard clear that Minnesota just got their stick on, or it hits someone, or it dies on the boards or something. All night, they could not get the puck out of the zone. I thought it was going to cost them big time, but eventually didn't. But Minnesota has all this momentum throughout the first period, and the they finally get a chance in the zone. Sam Girard just kind of walks in, like going through people. He gets it on his backhand, just kind of flips it on goal. We talked about this a little earlier, and it just goes in. It doesn't it, I don't it think it left the ice. I was gonna okay. say it didn't leave the ice and it just goes in. Like I could I couldn't believe it when I watched, like I just kind of chuckled when that happened. I was like, <laughs> okay. Uh yeah. yeah, sure. Thanks, Sam.
1: We'll take it. I'm I couldn't be happier for Sam because Sam's looked good so far this year. I like Sam. He looks good. But he's he's still everyone's always going he's just always gonna have an uphill climb no matter how well he plays. But I I thought I thought it was a good goal. I had some guy reply to my tweet. He goes, Still don't like him defensively after I said Sammy G scored. And I was like, I <laughs> thought he was I thought he was pretty solid. But
0: um I, I thought Gerard was good on defense yesterday.
1: Yeah, I did too. So he gets his first of the year. It wasn't it's not the prettiest goal Sam Gerard will ever score in his life, but hey, it's the first of the year and gets him off the schneid. So we'll take it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know how Gustafson didn't stop that one, man. It's I really just like don't. the
0: kind of thing where it's like It didn't hit anything. You could see it the whole way. It's not going particularly fast. Yeah. It's just Gerard being like, I'm out of options. I'm just going to flip it on net and hope something happens. Like it's, it's just to do something with it. It doesn't leave. It just goes through them. It was awesome. It was great. I loved it. And I thought that was going to be the worst goal of
1: the night. (laughs) Boy, oh boy, was I wrong. Um, And yeah, I mean, abs are up two one, and you're thinking, all right, we 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 can survive this, we can survive this first period, and they did. They take a two one lead into the room, and you're thinking, okay, we did not play well, and we're still up two one. Like this has to get better, right?
0: And, yeah, uh, and Being up after that period, you you're not happy about it, but you got to look at that like, okay, we're only going to get better from here on out in the game, and we're already winning. And they did. I
1: mean, the the second period was better, but there was still just like a lot of mental mistakes, which. It's going to happen early in the year and we already kind of preluded to this with the joel erickson echo i mean he is just wide open in, in front of the net on a pk and that's probably the one spot you want to be covering when you're on the pk maybe yeah. just
0: an idea uh, i have this one that's one of my biggest pet peeves penalty killer otherwise just move him just someone get on him and just don't allow people to stand in front of your goal yeah. Every time I see that, I, w- I just want to scream into a pillow. Like, how do you not see that kind of thing? It just gets me so bent out of shape every time. Actually, I did want to go back to the first period because I thought there was someone who played really well and got a bit ignored. That was Bo Byram. Especially when, oh, yeah. especially after the, the Kaprizov goal that made it 1-1. There was one particular shift where... He breaks up a play. He leads an odd man rush. It doesn't go in. Minnesota gets an odd man rush. Byram back checks all the way back and breaks it up. And then there's that play. I be- it wasn't on a power play, but where it's Kaprizov. This is why I was just why this is why it reminded me where it's Kaprizov in front of the net and Byram's giving him the work. He's pissing Kaprizov off. He's giving him a couple checks and he drives Kaprizov out of there. I thought it was phenomenal. Well, he missed that open net too. Well, that's what I mean. Like that oh. Open that's- net. I was going to get, I was going to talk about the positives first, but.
1: <laughs> I mean, if that's Bo Byram's one fault right now, it's that he can't hit the broad side of a barn with a shot. And that's something that's going to get better as he plays more games. So um, yeah, he was terrific last night, but I feel like after like the 10 minute mark in the second period, I feel like we didn't call his name that much anymore.
0: Yeah. I mean, when it comes to a 21 year old, it's like, what would you rather have? Would you rather have his defensive game rounded out now? And have him just not be able to finish on offense, or would you rather see him score a ton of points and not be done defensively? Oh I, yeah, you I'm want fully, yeah, yeah, I'm fully on defense. Where I find it more encouraging that Byram's already this solid defensively, and you know what, Th- that will come. Yes, but we've talked about it in the playoffs with him. We're talking about it now. The goals will come. It just takes a little bit. He's going to need some practice. He's still developing. He's younger than me, for Christ's sake. He's twenty one. <laughs> Like, there's very few people I feel like I interact with who are younger than me, but he is. And those will come. And, yeah. And when it comes to a defenseman just not noticing him, especially in a game as sloppy as this, I feel like that's a good thing.
1: Yeah, that's a win. You, you'll take that all day. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I thought he was good. Uh, just he needs to get his shots on net, and he'll be fine. And yeah. he's gonna be, we already know he's going to be a terrific defenseman. It's just a matter of uh, when, not if. So. Yeah.
0: He We're was just, fantastic. Yeah, because like w- once those goals start to go in, it's over.
1: Yeah, I honestly forgot about him until you mentioned it. And I was like, oh, yeah, he did play really well last night. Like, I yeah. totally forgot about that.
0: Yeah, that, that's why I wanted to bring it up, because I feel like we all just kind of ignored the fact that we have Bo Byram. He's 21, and he's doing all these things. Because, like, yeah, he missed the open net, and he had the breakaway where he tried to go five-hole on Gustafson, and it just didn't go. And those are gonna be the lasting memories for him and not all the little things he does right along the way. So yes. that's why I want to mention it. Because that that's stuff, a good point. That stuff will come. He's yes. still young and he is a defenseman. And he has scored already yes. in three games. He does have a goal. He has Granted, more goals than Kale McCarr. Yeah. And Devon David's. Granted, it was a very lucky goal, yes. but he still scored it. So he's already on the board with one so far. Once he starts scoring those, it's over for everybody yeah. else. So I at least wanted to bring that up. So now now we can move on to the worst goal of the game. Yes. Just genuinely how does this happen? So, McCar gets to McKinnon, he just dumps it in from center ice right on net and Gustafson just loses it. Like it it's right into his pads, slow bouncing puck. And he, I don't know what happened here. I've watched it like 10 times. I still don't really understand how this happened. He just loses it and it goes right to Rantanen. He didn't even, he like muffed it and then pushed it right to Rantanen stick. Right, it's just like the kind of thing where it's like, not only is that a terrible goal to give up, you created that entire situation. It's not like a small defensive gaff. like gave it up and it just went through the five hole. You caused this entire thing because- yeah. It bounces right to Ranton and it feels like Gustav – it looked like he pushed himself away from making the save. Yeah, too. And it was he, like, wild, he, dude. He tried it was, to-
1: truly, it was truly a wild goal.
0: Yeah. No pun intended, but like he tried <laughs> he tried to dive backwards, but he's skating the other way. Like I've never seen such a a lost goalie before where he just genuinely looks like he didn't know what to do
1: yeah it, it was so bad like i said it reminded me of that matt murray goal when he was in pittsburgh a couple years ago against the abs but miko gets off the schneid he's been I, I thought miko's looked really good so far to start the year and he, he gets his first goal and i don't think he's going to score an easier one the rest of the year
0: i can compl- unless he has like a walk-in empty netter which this essentially was yes when you really look at it because he just had to skate right in and the pucks just right there for him and i I love the reaction from the wild fans like just the the throwing up of the hands there was a great shot of the crowd where they're like at the top of the the hundred section and it's just people are burying their head in their hands they're throwing their hand one guy just got up and left (laughs) i would do the same thing honestly because like you i don't like minnesota or their fans but you got to understand the frustration there. Oh it's yeah, like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. Because <laughs> like, I've Wilde watched, are... I've watched a couple other games. They aren't playing necessarily bad. No, like it's... I, the so Wild are good. Like we're we're ragging on their depth and everything. Their defense lacks a star, but it's good, and their depth is not the worst in the NHL. And they still have Kaprizov, which other teams don't. Yeah, this is it's a good team in Minnesota. But when something like that happens, like it's it's a backbreaker it really is
1: Um, the fact that they came back from that I I gotta give them some credit because this could have spiraled out of hand and yeah they 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 deserved as much of a chance to win that game as we did but man their goaltending is brutal and I don't think they're getting close to firing a guy like Dean Evanson but do you think if they start like five and ten that he maybe is on the hot seat
0: I don't think so I think Bill Guerin's the kind of guy where it's like things have got to be awful. Like I'm talking if we're in December or January and they're like going toe to toe with the coyotes, I think he'd look into it. But I think right now, I think we all understand. Oh yeah. This is a goaltending problem. And I don't think Bill Guerin wants to do anything to suggest that he did wrong so far. Cause That's true. He, he very much made this bet on the goaltending. And we might be looking at this in March and like, Oh, goaltending's fine. But right now, they it is single-handedly made them 0-3. I don't know if they beat the Rangers just because the Rangers looked good that night, but they definitely beat the Kings. I think they beat us if they if they just get if those two goals don't happen, two of the worst goals you've ever seen, then we're talking it's it's at least tied. Yes. and we go they at least get a point out of it. We're not good at overtime, so I don't want to get too too ahead of ourselves, but. They at least get a point out of this game for sure. I've just never seen goaltending like that, where it's just that shocking. Like you you see the Coyotes'
1: goaltending is better than them right now.
0: Yes, it's straight up. There is no one who has worse goaltending than them right now. It's not even close. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, because I I like Gus, I think he's a good goalie. Um, Mm -hmm. but man,
1: he was brutal last night. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's three, two abs. They carry that through the rest of the second period. Like we said, Georgiev was great in that second period, and he was great in the third period. He he kept this game afloat for the abs. And you go to the third period, and a guy who I think has been spending a little too much time watching Kale McCarr, Um, And he's like, you know, I'm going to give him my best impersonation. Josh Manson has scored the prettiest goal so far this year.
0: Yeah, without like, a doubt. What a disgusting roof on the backhand. And not to ignore everything else he did, he like, he was good in this oh, game. Oh, he was
1: great last night.
0: He, he was genuinely good. Like, that's the kind of game where you you understand the contract for sure. Where oh, you, yeah. you give them the term, you give them the money. Because this is the kind of game where Josh Manson thrives in. A desperate Minnesota team, they're a ticking time bomb. All they need is a little Josh Manson shove, and they are off their game. He is Perfect for a situation like this. And it helps that he didn't have his usual treating the puck like a grenade thing like he does in most games. And he played really solid defense, got under the wild skin, and uh picked up where Kale McCarr was maybe slacking a little bit yesterday and just embarrassed everybody.
1: It was such a pretty goal, and I i had to do a double take because I just saw the four and I was like, was that Bo? Hell was fucking Josh Manson doing that, like below the goal, like he's in deep, which Usually you don't expect Josh Manson to be in deep. And he made a couple great plays on the rush. And jumping up into the play, I mean, he's shown that ability. I just think back to game two against the lightning where he had just that beautiful, like he just he flew down the ice and made it a two-on-one with Cogliano and fucking beat Vasilevsky. So I've been really impressed with Josh Manson so far. And that goal was fucking world-class goal right there.
0: Yeah, well, I mean you're you're thinking of game two against Tampa. I'm thinking about game six, where he's where he he's, oh yeah he sets up that whole play for McKinnon and Lekkinen to get the, the Stanley Cup. He has surprisingly good IQ in the offensive zone. Oh he's, yeah. He's not an offensive defenseman by any stretch of the imagination. But when you put him in a pinch in a, like an offensive situation where he gets caught down low or in an odd man rush, he generally makes the right call, which is surprising for a player of his style.
1: Yeah. It's very interesting, but man, he he was great last night. And I loved every loved every second of him playing. So um hopefully he keeps that up. I mean, we all know Josh Manson is, like we said, he he's he's a ticking time bomb sometimes for just a brutal turnover. But I mean, you take the good with the bad, and the good's really good. And you see that value in the contract, like you said, where yeah, he's not gonna be a guy who gets 60 points a year, but he's going to give you solid defense. He's going to be one of those guys we look at at the end of this year and be like, wow, his numbers weren't that great, but I don't remember it being particularly bad in like that many games. Like his numbers aren't going to wow you.
0: Hey, everybody. Hope you've been enjoying this episode so far. Interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsor at DraftKings Sportsbook. Hockey fans, it's finally time to hit the ice again. And thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL you're in for the season of a lifetime. New customers can bet $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets if they win. The Avalanche starting in just a week against the Chicago Blackhawks for their home opener, going up against the Calgary Flames the next night, following that up just a couple days later against the Minnesota Wild. This season is going to get off to a bang right away. And you can get in on all of the action with DraftKings Sportsbook every single night from money line to puck line to individual player props. No matter what you're thinking of, DraftKings has got it for you. And if that's not enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. And best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game, and get $200 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Now, back to the episode. He's got a perfect fit here in Colorado where his yeah. role is is very clearly defined. He's not buried by any stretch or sheltered by any stretch. He just plays a very fair role on the team. And he just he does it well. And he's a shit stir. Like, remember, let's rewind back to last season at this point. We're going to do that a lot in the early portion where everyone just called the Avs soft. Yeah. For whatever reason, they're not tough enough. And now Bo you- Byron was our tough guy. Yeah, Bo Byron <laughs> was our tough guy. And yeah, Josh Manson and that mix on the defense, just perfect stylistic addition to the yes. team. And he, he's getting his money's worth so far. He's been great. I've been really
1: happy with him. So he, he gives the abs a 4-2 lead. It's short-lived because that guy, Kirill Kaprizov, like we said, he's good. Uh, he scored again. Um, made it 4-3. And I think that's when you text me saying, I don't really feel super great about this right now. Yeah,
0: I mean, it just looked like the kind of thing where we're getting hemmed in our own zone a lot. And Minnesota, they're getting a lot of shots off. We're not having a lot of zone time. And we're making mistakes at this point. Like, we are not playing super smart hockey. And Minnesota is desperate. And we remember back to last season, they were the best six on five team in the NHL. Yes. Where I did not feel comfortable with a one goal lead, even going into an empty net situation. Least of all, where we are giving up some of the chances we gave up. Eric Johnson handing the puck away. Yes. Literally giving it on a silver platter. And Georgia, who who had that breakaway? I'm blanking on. I'm blanking on who had the chances for the wild, but I've got everything else down. Who I had have- that? Was it Marcus Felino and Eric Sinek? It might have been. It might have been Felino. I think that sounds right. But or it was
1: Zuccarello. It was one of the guys with long hair. I yeah, can't
0: it was, it, it was one of the players in green. I know yes. that for sure. But Eric Johnson, I don't, I forget who it is. But it was Eric Johnson just handing that puck away like it was a live grenade. And oh, it was he... a
1: hilarious blue bad turnover.
0: Yeah, and Georgiev came up big on that one because that like that could have been a disaster
1: yeah I mean he made he made two saves without a stick he was awesome in that stretch like there, there was a 10-minute stretch where you're like is this how Georgiev gonna win the fucking Vesna trophy like that's how good he was for like a five-minute stretch for the abs um, but yeah I mean that's just another example of that turnover is not going to happen in game 35 it's just not like no. Garrett Johnson's not gonna make that mistake,
0: but but like there there's gonna be turnovers, but like that was a different level of turnover. It's just like the puck just got away from him and he looked like confused. Yeah, <laughs> he was like, wait, no, the puck's not so it, it, it looked like the puck got away from him and he realized it was away from him, but he also still thought it was on his stick at the same time and he was trying to process all of that information at once. Yes.
1: It was very funny. Uh, I mean, it, it was just – it was a laughable – we can laugh about it now because the Avs didn't give it up. Like, they, they won the game. If that ga- if that would have cost the Avs the game, we would have been like, Eric Johnson, you fucking shithead. But now it's hilarious.
0: Yeah, now now it's funny. I mean, if the Avs – let's face it. If the Avs got what they deserved in this game, we're not having this much of a laughy, positive conversation about it because that should have gone in. The Kale McCarr turnover on the power play – should have gone in like e- even Georgiev was not saving us there and he didn't they just totally fucked that up and didn't put yeah. it in and i mean I, i'm already talking about it so i guess we could fast forward right to it now the abs come right back down kale mccard gets another opportunity and nathan mckinnon tips it in five three abs with five minutes to go back broken game over
1: that was a crazy goal but the craziness is like you said earlier i mean the wild should have Tied this game on a shorthanded goal
0: They should have right? I, was, I, I was convinced they were going to And the puck just kind of laid there
1: Yeah it just laid there And a the guy tried to I mean Georgiev was totally out of position He made a commitment to one side And the wild guy held on to it As long as he could And he just ran out of real estate <laughs> And the Avs get the transition And Kale Makara is just like You know what Fuck it I'm going to go intergalactic And just rip a shot And McKinnon Fucking just tips it right in And I was laughing because on both of those goals, Gustafson claimed a high stick. I don't think the McKinnon one was even close to a high stick. No,
0: it was not even. The Myers one, I think they had a case just because there were so many sticks. This one was very clearly below the bar.
1: Yeah. But like when you see a goalie go like this and you're like, high stick, you immediately go, Am I missing something? Like, did did I think? And then you watch the replay and you're like, It wasn't even fucking close to a high stick.
0: No, it wasn't even close. And also the the entire Kale McCarr, one of the worst turnovers I've ever seen him have. Then, fifteen seconds later, comes back and immediately sets up the game winning goal.
1: Yeah, I mean he he's that's just how good he is. He can play bad and still, still be really fucking good.
0: Yeah, I so, mean Kale McCarr on his worst nights is one of the best athletes in the world.
1: Yes, and. I think it was McKinnon said in an interview today. He was like, he, he could go down as one of the greatest when it's all said and done. And yeah. I, it's like good to know that McKinnon thinks the same way we think because he knows a lot more about hockey than we do. So and a yeah, about, a lot more
0: about kale too.
1: Yeah. So yeah, I mean it's five three, and then Val gets an empty netter to give the Avs a six three win. Um, it was an ugly game, but you walk away with two points, and you go, yeah. I mean, we're feeling feeling pretty solid.
0: Yeah, I mean if you're if you're picking up points in your early season mess. Like every team in the league is a yes. freaking mess right now. Even the team, Except, that, the, Flyers. except yeah, the Flyers. Except for the Flyers 3 and 0 undefeated, never made any single mistakes in their existence so far this season, but pretty much every team is making mistakes right now. If you can keep picking up wins right now while things are just not working great then you're fine because we, we know the abs are going to be fine. There's a couple concerns. No, the penalty kill is not looking great so far. There's a couple of depth concerns as we're going to talk about here in a minute. And like, there's a couple things that need to be worked out in the long term. but you know that the execution is going to be fine. Like a game like that for McCarr is just not going to happen. And even if it does, you know, he's still capable of picking up multiple points and, even for, like, I feel like McKinnon was having a pretty frustrating game, too, especially early on. I felt like he was having trouble entering the zone, but he sticks with it. He finds a way to pick up multiple points in the game. He picks it's up three. Yeah, he had three points. He picked up the back-breaking goal. He had two assists. Like, that. that's just how good this team yeah. is. You don't need to be at their best.
1: No, they don't need to be at their best. But, I mean, it's definitely some – there's definitely some concerns with the depth right now. I mean, we talked about it in the preseason. It, once Landy and Helm get back, that's really when we can start to critique this team's depth. But we kind of preluded to it at the beginning of the show. Val's been great on the second line. He's been fantastic. Alex Newhook and Evan Rodriguez, on the other hand? Silent. Silent. Both have zero points. And I'm – I wouldn't like the thing that concerns me more with Rodriguez. He's getting his chances. He has like five shots a game. He's going to start scoring, but that dude is addicted to taking penalties, man. Like he is just, his stick is a magnet for the other players faces. It's ridiculous. The amount of high sticking calls he has. Um, But yeah, yeah I mean, no the one, the is one disappointing?
0: He, huh? Yeah. I was just saying the one Rodriguez had last night where he not only high sticked a wild player, but his own guy Yeah, and has given the what for like, come on man <laughs> yeah i mean that's just how
1: it's going for him right now and new hooks a little bit concerning just because we heard all these reports he looked good in the preseason and it just really hasn't clicked for him yet
0: yeah it, um, it just hasn't translated so far yet cuz it's not like he he doesn't have he doesn't have a point he just hasn't looked effective no like he hasn't he looked effective he he'll get there
1: it's just i think we got to have the same patience with him that we have with Byram because defensively i'm not thinking alex Newick's doing anything bad but offensively it just hasn't clicked for him yet
0: yeah i mean it could just be the kind of thing where it's like a bunch of new line mates a giant new responsibility the kid's still young he's 21 years old it's just we have all these ideas for like well how are we, how are we going to get him going it's like well Life lesson, kid. When you're centering the second line on the abs, you need to be able to do that yourself. Yeah, I mean, he, he played 12 minutes last night. Yeah, like you need to be the guy who's getting guys going.
1: Yeah, and I, I think he'll get there. He's still very young. It's just I don't know. I mean, Val is fantastic wherever you put him, but I I think if you put a Landeskog on that line with him, I think it makes him a little bit better. I mean, Rodriguez played 14 minutes last night. He's he had five shots last night, two against Calgary, one against Chicago, but zero points in a whopping six penalty minutes so far this year and minus three. So I, I, I'm going to give Rodriguez a little bit of a bailout too, just because he's still learning a new system. He got into this team late. Um, He's still trying to figure it out. And I don't think any of us expected Evan Rodriguez to have 55, 60 points this year.
0: No. And also like I'm out, I'll give anyone who's not having a great first three games a bailout because we are, again, three games into the season. A lot can change very like We could be talking after the Jets game about Newhook having a goal and an assist, and we completely change our tune.
1: Oh, I, I'm calling right now. I think Newhook does get a goal tomorrow or tonight. By the time you're listening to this, I'm, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna put my money where my mouth is. I think Newhook scores tomorrow.
0: Yeah, I mean, I like that. I hope he does, just because. It's not even just that he hasn't scored. It's like I said, he just he hasn't really even been noticeable.
1: Yeah, much. it's definitely concerning, but he I think he's going to figure it out. Um, it's just I kind of like the idea, and I know you talked about he hasn't earned it. I I don't hate the idea of putting a McKinnon or a Rantanen with him just to get him going a little bit, give him a playmaker because Val's fantastic, but Val is not a playmaker like Ranton or McKinnon. He's just not.
0: Yeah, I mean, just my deal with that is. What you have right now on the top line is working, and I just I don't want to change that just to get new hook going.
1: It, I I don't disagree with you, but here's my thought process: McKinnon and Rantan are going to produce with whoever they play with. They've been really good against uh, together, but if you put Val up on that top line and bump Miko down to the second line, I I don't think that's the worst case scenario right now. I mean, it's, just because you're early in the year,
0: yeah. I, I don't hate it. It's the kind of thing where I'm fine with that as an experiment, but just what you got right now is working, and you know that and McKinnon, Rantanen does work. So, I mean, I guess in that sense, you know it works, so why not try New Hook on that line just to see? We got 79 games, man. Right. Like, we're going to we're gonna figure it out. I don't I – mean,
1: I don't hate it. Bednar said he wants to put the lines in a blender. I I wouldn't be shocked if we see something like that happening.
0: That's exactly what I was just about to say, is that we saw Bednar today saying he's going to put the lines in a Blednar, is what we're going to call that. (laughs) I like it. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see Newhook getting some new line mates, maybe a top line, because we can't argue that Rodriguez and Newhook have been good together. They haven't. I, I imagine that's one of the things that Bednar is going to change. So I don't know. Maybe I'm warming up to that now. It's like maybe against the Jets we see Newhook maybe with McKinnon and or Ranton and maybe they move Rantanen down and someone up, or they move New Hook up to play with McKinnon. Just like, because why not? Right? Let's let's Why not do- experiment?
1: Get his confidence up and know that he can make those plays because I mean, you know Val will work with McKinnon and Lecky. That's a dirty line with McKinnon and Lecky. And Val. that's a fantastic line. And Rantanen is the way he's playing right now, I think you put him with anyone, he's gonna continue to produce. So I mean, it's either – I think you bump – I do kind of like Miko and Leckie together. They have that Finnish connection, so they're working pretty well. I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe you get Newhook uh, New up, and then it's Rodriguez and Val and Mac as the top line. I mean, I, I think they're just going to experiment because why the fuck not?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a tough – I think if you're moving New Hook, I – think you're going to put him on the wing maybe and you put comp for up at second line set. So, like we're going to see, this is going to be completely outdated conversation in 24 hours by the time the Jets game starts. I imagine just because these lines are probably going to be put in a blender pretty soon, but I believe in new hook. I think it's going to get going with yeah. him eventually. Like, is is he going to replace Kadri? No, but as long as we just see growth from last season, that's really all that matters. No one grows at the same pace, and growth is not just a, a straight line. It's not just one linear line. It's a roller coaster, and it's yeah. been three games. It does not have a point. It is not the end of the world.
1: Not the end of the world. So I, I, I just think you got to do something to help get his confidence up because you're not going to send him down to the AHL. He's too good for the AHL, um, but – uh, you're really starting to feel the, the missing of Landis Gog. Like in this Minnesota game it was really the first time. It was kind of like, damn Landy would be sick in this game.
0: Well, you um, know, where you know where we're really going to miss him is against the jets. Who yes. Landis Gog is a partial owner of.
1: He does. He owns the jets. I think he had like 10 goals against them in the three games he played. Yeah, he had two
0: hat tricks last season and they were both against the jets. <laughs>
1: yes. At, at home too. So um, yeah, I, we're, we're going to see what happens. Uh, speaking of lead Landis Gog and helm, they're, no update. There's really nothing. I mean, they're both... Well, helm teams, skating so. again, at least. Yeah, helm skating again, which is good, but, I mean, it's just kind of a whole lot of nothing. So, at this point, just, just take your time. I mean, this team's good enough, as we can see, to win without them. I still would like to have Landis back, just because he's the best captain in the league, but um, it worked pretty well last year with him sitting out and then coming back, so... <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, with injuries, we've talked about it enough where just take your time. there's no rush. This team's good, they're going to win games without you, and they'll be better with you. Actually, I do need to talk about one thing from this Minnesota game that I feel like we cannot forget is how the hell did Logan O'Connor get a penalty for having his stick held on the bench by, what was it Folino or Hartman?
1: It was Felino? Yeah, I mean it's it's not surprising. We're talking about the fucking Minnesota Wild here, dude. Like, oh, I think I'm, back I'm to- not
0: surprised. I'm just shocked that it's the kind of thing where it's like, name another sport that would even loosely tolerate that, where you are on the bench, you are out of the surface of play. And interfering with the game. Imagine, like, actually, I have a great example of this. Remember, my God, was this almost a decade ago? Where Mike Tomlin, the Steelers' head coach, was standing on the sidelines on a Ravens kickoff and got in the way. The Steelers lost draft picks for that. Yeah. In the NHL, you can grab somebody's stick as they skate by the bench and stop them from being in the play. And when the guy rightfully checks you. To get his stick back because he's on the ice and playing, they will give matching minors. Oh, that was, is ridiculous to me. Your make.
1: tweet, your tweet was perfect. It was just a game management call. Right? Yeah, that's
0: what like, we're trying to do. That that's where game management goes too far. Like s- sometimes I loosely get it. That is just absolutely insane. Oh, where man. you are going to let a guy interfere from the bench? He is not playing. He is not playing. He is currently on the bench. And when the guy who is having his stick held tries to get it back, you're going to call him for roughing. <laughs> it Maybe. made zero sense. Like, it was that, a bad call. Like, that's the kind of thing, like, if you're on the bench and you're interfering with the play, I think you should be booted. Like, I think you should not be allowed to play that rest of the game.
1: Oh, I don't disagree, but we're talking about the NHL, man. Come on. Of
0: course. Yeah, nothing fucking makes <laughs> sense in the NHL. But, like, just imagine any other major sport. Imagine just letting someone on the bench interfere with the play and giving them not even, not even a slap on the wrist, just like flicking them in the head.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, in the NBA, you get like a fucking like five game suspension for that. You so. get
0: a five game suspension. Like imagine in baseball, you're about to make a catch and someone just like throw shit at you from the dugout. How is oh, that? Yeah. How is that different? Tell well, me how it's different.
1: It's not, but it's just, we're talking about the NHL, man. Yeah. We, we, we are not fans of the smartest league on the face of the earth.
0: No, we watch the best sport and the dumbest league.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. It's a really good way to put it. But did you see that thing that Bettman said that we could uh we could
0: have a cap go up by five million next year? I I will believe it when I see it. That'd be cool. That'd be really would, cool. That would be great. I would love it. I will believe it when I see it. The the NHL says a lot of words and very rarely do they deliver on them.
1: That's true. But I mean we'll we'll see. Yeah, that'd be really cool if it happens because that would help the abs. So Uh, that makes McKinnon's contract look even better. And maybe a guy like Devon Taves can stay in Colorado.
0: Yeah. I mean, you see, you see where it all goes in time, but like, I just, I cannot believe the thought process behind that. It's like, no, the power play, we got to keep them. Even though Minnesota had double our power plays in this, which, which makes me even more mad because like, so, so we should have gotten the power play, (laughs) is what you're telling me. Instead of having it be four on four, just, just a completely ridiculous call. Cause like, so what? Every time you play the Oilers and Connor McDavid skates by your bench, why not grab the stick? Like, yeah, then why then not? He, then he can get one too, right? And then so you can get matching minors. You can get McDavid off the ice and just I I can't even wrap my head around it. Like, what if a goal was scored and they're holding his stick on the bench? Is that like you? They're just going to allow that?
1: Uh, at this point, they probably would.
0: I, I just yeah. I just don't get like, it. Was I mean, funny. That, that was it's funny because it didn't cost us but it's it made me so mad in the moment because i could not believe they because it was also after commercial break we saw logan o'connor yeah. going to the box I'm like for, for what trying to get the stick back <laughs> it while he's in play yeah i hate how they go to commercial when they're announcing
1: penalties and it's like well what the fuck happened and then you gotta go check the nhl app and you see sometimes the nhl apps uh, fucking stupid because that's just the nhl app and yeah that's what i, I was laughing when they called it on him so god,
0: I, yeah. I, just, I just had to get that like i i thoroughly believe if you're interfering from the bench you're gone like i'm not i'm not saying like five game suspension i'm not even saying five minute penalty i'm saying give like a two minute power play but you're done you're out of here i don't hate it god yeah that just made me so mad but anyway <laughs> move i totally forget what you were talking about oh Sedlock. And yeah, yeah, Yeah.
1: we we got on there. We kind of preluded to it. Lucas Sedlock and Ben Myers. Uh, Sedlock's placed on waivers, so he could get claimed. Which, judging off how he's played so far, I don't think that's gonna happen.
0: I doubt it. Seeing that some the quality of players have snuck through waivers so far, I doubt doubt Lucas Sedlock is gonna garner much attention.
1: Yeah, um, but yeah, he's on waivers, he's more than likely going to the HL. Ben Myers, who we kind of thought probably should have been in the AHL to start the year. Uh, he's going down to the minors. I think that'll be good for Ben.
0: I honestly I think that'll be good. I was a little surprised to see that, honestly, because obviously he had the goal. He didn't get a ton of ice time. I thought when he was on the ice, I didn't think he was bad. I thought he No, was- this reminds me a lot of when we sent Newhook down last year. Like
1: Newhook yes. wasn't terrible to start the first couple games, but he just needed to get going a little bit. And I think playing in the AHL is going to help uh, Ben Myers just get his confidence. He's going to dominate down there. Yeah, He's gonna be great. But that does open the door for our guy, Martin Cout. He's one of the two who's been called up. And you kind of feel like this is Cout's really last ditch effort to make the team.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is something that I talked about on a Twitter space last night with some of the, the mile high guys. And this was before we even knew this was a thing. I said Martin Cout's going to get his opportunity eventually yeah. guys are going to get sent down guys are going to get injured. He's going to have a multi-game opportunity to, even if not to establish a role in Colorado, to at least get some value for another team to trade for him or the next time he goes on waivers for someone to claim him. This is his opportunity to do something in Mm -hmm. the NHL. And he's going to have plenty of games to do it. There are still guys hurt. Myers is going to probably sit in the AHL for a little while. We'll see like we'll see if they're actually sending said lockdown cuz sometimes you see guys put on waivers and then they don't send them down but That's true. Yeah. I ma- I imagine he's going to the Eagles but this is Kyle's opportunity. I th- I thought he had a good preseason. The yeah. last two games against Dallas, I think all of us in Bednar agree that he was just not very noticeable and Myers was. And but it's like we both said if he does not impress in this couple of game stretch not only might he be done in colorado he might just waste away in the eagles for a little while before like a prospect swap because he was just on waivers all 32 teams had a chance to claim him and i know that rosters were very congested and there were a ton of players going through at the same time but still every team had a chance to claim him and all of them passed his trade value is not very high at the moment
1: no it's not very high and i think he's got i mean he killed he's been killing it in the HL for the oh. three games he's played. So
0: he, he's been dominant. Like he's, he has earned this. Co- you can't say that this is just the avalanche giving a guy a break. Martin Kout has earned this opportunity.
1: Yeah. He was going to be the first call up. We all knew it was going to happen eventually. I don't think I expected after game three, but I mean, he's, he's going to come up. I think he's going to play well. I really do. I, I, I think I, he's will to be, I, 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 I
0: don't gonna know win. if he's going to score but I, I believe Martin cow is going to make an impression while he's playing right now. And it's also, I was surprised to see it this early, but when your depth guys are playing on average, six minutes, you got to try something. And with Lucas Sedlock, we talked about it last episode. I talked about it in that Twitter space. I mentioned yesterday where it's just like, we're all kind of wondering what he does because it seems like they brought him in for the two way game and for the penalty kill. And it, He's just not really doing anything, and on the penalty kill, he doesn't look particularly good. No,
1: he he doesn't. He looks kind of out of place. But he, I, I'm not going to give up hope on luck. because he is just going to be a fourth liner. But he he he's maybe another guy he hasn't played in the like in the North America in a couple years. He was in the KHL, so maybe it takes a couple times. Maybe playing for the Eagles gets him gets him going again. Um But we'll we'll see. I. I don't think he's going to get claimed on waivers. I don't,
0: but you I, I would know. be very surprised if some of the guys who have cleared waivers got through, but someone takes a look at Lucas Sedlock and is like, we need this guy now.
1: Yeah. I, I'm interested to see, but he's in, uh, I, I don't know who the second call is going to be. I've been seeing stuff that maybe it's Mikhail
0: Maltsev, which I, sh- I think it's got to be Bowers, honestly. No, I think it's going to be Maltsev or Blake. I, I, well, it's definitely going to be Blee. We we yeah. pretty much know that Blee is going to be the, the next guy up. After that, I mean, it's got to be Bowers. I just – I don't see it with Maltsev. I've never seen it. He does get in the AHL, but in the NHL he's just not – he just doesn't have it yet, and he's a young player. I don't know. I, God, he's, he's not even that young, though. Isn't no. He, he's 24. He's had two bad preseasons now. Like, I thought last preseason he was bad. I thought this preseason just – He's not an NHL player. I, I have not seen it from Maltsev. And throughout his junior career, he had that one season with the Devils where he was okay. But yeah. throughout his NHL career, this guy has never been a top of the lineup guy. He's always been a guy who's at best in the middle. And that's fine. He's a good AHL player. It's good just to have a guy like that in the organization. But when it comes to a guy like Shane Bowers, who has never gotten the opportunity and was decent in training camp this season, I think you gotta give him the call at first. Yeah, I, I think. think see, I think
1: Bowers' time's gonna be coming a little bit later. I think they're gonna give Bleed a chance. They're gonna give Malta a chance, and then Bowers is probably a little bit ahead of a guy like Sampo Ranta. Um, yeah,
0: I I think so. they're a little disappointed with Sampo Ranta right now. I think he's yeah. got to earn his way back into some good graces before he gets that opportunity.
1: I agree, but it, it's going to be an interesting, an interesting hope. I'm I'm holding all hope out for Martin Cow. I I hope he sticks. Because he could be, he has the tools to be a really good third, fourth liner in the NHL.
0: Yeah, it's just um, he, doesn't, he doesn't have the foot speed, which is his his ultimate downfall. He's got yeah. tools, but he's just not that fast. Yeah. And I with this Avs team, you need to yeah, be fast. Exactly my point. For a team like the Avs, this might just be a tough cookie for him to crack. Yeah. Like if he goes somewhere else, he might find a good spot in the lineup. And I'm not saying that he's not going to be able to do that here. I think he is going to find a role. But this might just become a thing where next year Martin counts in Buffalo or whatever Boston Boston <laughs> Buffalo like wherever doesn't matter good or bad that I we might be looking at him in a couple of years being like oh he actually he actually turned out okay it's just it's t- it's tough to make this abs team it, and t- with a, it is with a, with a style like Kout who he is good he's got the skill set but like yeah. I said he's he's just not fast enough
1: yeah but I'm holding out hope for him um. It- I think that's it transaction wise. What what are your thoughts for the game tonight? By the time you're listening to this,
0: I think this is going to be a really interesting game because the Jets haven't looked terrible thus far. No. They, they they got the the crap righteously kicked out of them by by Dallas last night or on Monday. By the time you're hearing this, they don't look bad by any stretch. And our games against Winnipeg always tend to be kind of bloody for some reason they just seem to have a bone to pick with us every single time we play them
1: well i feel like winnipeg always gets out to a big lead and then they blow it
0: yeah i always feel like that's the case too like i think they're good i think it's gonna be a fun game the abs gotta clean up the abs they're gonna have to clean up a little bit if they're gonna win this game because the jets do have weapons the jets will make them pay and I don't know. I feel like the Jets really haven't gotten started yet this season because they played the Rangers on this on the second half of the back to back for them for the Rangers, yeah. and they won that game four to one. Then they hit the road to Dallas, and Dallas looked pretty good so far, and yep. they lose they lose to them pretty convincingly four to one. So I feel like we don't really know what the Jets are yet. So it's hard yeah. it's hard to really say. But I I want to say the Abs win this game just because it's at home. I think it's going to be a close game. I'm going to to say four to three in overtime.
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be like five, two abs. Um, I think it's going to be close, and then the abs will get a couple late goals. Um, The abs just have the Winnipeg number right now. They they just do. I mean, they they just – they've had Winnipeg's number the past couple years. Um, I mean, I'm looking at it. I mean, Connor hulbuck has been good. Uh, They're coming off a game against the Stars on Monday, so they'll be playing the same amount of rest as we are. I just think it's the AB's second home game. I think they're going to come out guns a blazing, and uh, I-, I think they're going to handle the Jets. I, I don't think it's going to be uh, a super easy win, but I think they get it five two with an empty netter at the end.
0: Yeah, I like that. I mean, it's like I said, no Landeskog might be a little bit of a concern because he's, <laughs> yeah. he's played. He's played a big portion as to why we've owned the Jets so badly over the last yes. while. But I think it's going to be a fun game. I think it's going to be a little cleaner than the the Minnesota I so. game. I, if it's not, I think the Jets are going to win it. But yeah. if the Avs are as sloppy as they were against Minnesota, you're, you're not playing Philip Gustafson this time. Connor mm-hmm. Hellebuck is a legit NHL goalie. So,
1: And it's not late in the season yet where he's just burnt out and played 70 games.
0: Yeah, where spot. he's faced 50 shots a game from their terrible, terrible defense. Yeah. Like this, this could be a game like you You got to show up for. It. You're not going to get those terrible goals you got on Gustafson on Hellebuck. And gotta be able to shut down the jets like they've shifley's looked good so far to start the season they've still got kyle connor who's yet to get going nick ehlers and it's a good top six yeah it's a good it's a good team in winnipeg i don't think they're a playoff team but if you're playing sloppy they are gonna make you pay
1: yeah and they're going to be a totally different team here when it gets to march and they probably traded some players but um they're going to be interesting to start the year for sure so I think the Avs will will come back. we got to remember how good this team was on home ice. So uh, the Avs are. I I think that this continues this year, and I think McKinnon's going to have another big night. I think Kel McCarr is due for a breakout game too.
0: Yeah, I think Kel is going to have a multi-point night. Goal and assist, I'll say.
1: I think so too. I mean, he's due. He's so due. Um, And then speaking of that game, I sadly have to work till 6.30 tomorrow, and the game's at 6 p.m. Denver time. So we're doing a ticket giveaway on the Teledavs It Is Twitter. All you have to do is go retweet uh the picture of the tickets and follow at Teledavs It Is and we will announce the winner tomorrow. But if you want to go see this game, here's a great opportunity. It's two tickets and a parking pass. I mean, what what where where else what other podcasts are you getting that from? What, what other podcasts are you getting that
0: Done. from? We're like we're we're giving you discounts on tickets, we're giving yep. you free tickets. Like this is just a Great little spot to come if you do want to see the abs at all, which you should because defending champs, but I digress. Yeah. So go check it out. We'll be doing that.
1: Um, I'm going to be honest. I totally thought we were still in last year and I was like, damn, we're going to, it's going to be a late night recording because we're going to have to watch the game and then record after. I'm like, Oh wait, we record on, we record on Tuesdays and release on Wednesdays now. So no staying up super late for me.
0: Yeah, but well, that's then, well. We gotta save that for uh, Saturday this week. When yeah. We play Vegas at 10 p.m. my time.
1: Ugh. Oh, oh, it's gonna suck. But well, also, it's a
0: Saturday now. At least,
1: yeah. So we we have Berkey revenge game too. The first one on Friday, so oh, that's yes. gonna be sad.
0: Yeah, but, we're gonna have a couple of games to talk about here. Yeah, we're gonna go from one game in Minnesota to three on the yeah. next episode. So. Could be a long um, one, but we'll we'll sure. persevere
1: through. At least it's yeah. on Saturday, like you said. I, I'm cool staying up late on Saturday.
0: Yeah, I mean, for the even for the the Ravens, I don't have to be up super early on Sunday. Yeah. so so we'll be good there. But I don't think I got
1: anything else for this episode, man. This was huh? a fun.
0: No, I think we're all good. I mean, usually we can talk about some other around the NHL stuff, but it's just so early in the season, and there's just so much weird shit happening that I feel like we just gotta wait for the the dust to settle a little bit. There's so much. There's so much weird shit going on, like Vancouver. Is 3 and one. They've blown multi-goal leads in every single game. Minnesota's 0-3. They've given up 20 goals. you Toronto lost at home to Arizona last year. Hilarious. Time. Genuinely hilarious. It's sounded like they just lost. The review, the yep. late goal. Like it's just you can't script this stuff. Yeah Toronto. I'm surprised that people are surprised about the Maple Leafs still. They're like, how how did this happen? how are you, how are you surprised? Yeah. This happens every time. It's the Maple Leaves. So yeah, no, I mean, it's been
1: an it's been a, actually an eventful start to the season. So we already mentioned Flyers are three and O Kings have won four straight. Like it's just been a, a interesting start to the year. And I'm, I'm really excited to have this conversation again in like two months. And we're like, okay, remember when, remember when like last year Anaheim started super hot and then everyone was like, this seems like a flash in the pan. And yeah. they were one of the worst teams down the stretch. So we're just at that point of the year right
0: now. Yeah, I I cannot wait for the Flyers at Game 82 because they're 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 three and zero. They got six points, and now they think they're good. Now they believe it. Tortorella and, effect. And and you know what? Maybe they are. Maybe they are. And I'm totally off base on them. But I I'm so excited for when they go on their first losing streak and Tortorella fires the first bullet. Yep it's It's gonna happen
1: it's it's a tale as old as time
0: and you know and if the flyers are good good for them like that that's equally as funny because they're terrible so we'll see where that all goes in time avalanche wins six to three over minnesota we've got three games coming up on the next episode There's, there's have we ever covered three games at a time before where it just lines up perfectly like this
1: i'm sure we have but i'm sure we
0: have but i i don't remember but We'll have we'll have the, the Winnipeg game. We'll got the Seattle game with Berkey's return. Who who looks good in Seattle yes. right now? He he picked up the lone goal for the Kraken last He looks
1: good, but the Kraken looked terrible.
0: Yeah, the Kraken I think they're gonna get a little better, but Grub- yeah. Grubauer. Yeah, no, I I thought Gruby was good last night. I watched
1: that whole game. Um they've had a tough start to the season, some tough teams coming into Seattle. Yeah, I mean, exactly. they got beat by Carolina. Well, so they get beat by I bet on them. The Oilers, no.
0: Uh, they lost to the Ducks in overtime. They beat the Kings. Who am I missing? Vegas. They lost to Vegas. Vegas.
1: Yeah, I mean they've had a tough start to the season. I mean they've faced yeah. they they've faced some playoff teams. So I don't think there be. I still think they're going to be a fun, exciting team. But yeah, not a good
0: start for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, should be able to even the, if they're them. not, they're fun and exciting to me because yes. I'm very personally invested in them. And if if Berkey scores in a five-one loss, that to me is a win. So, yeah, that's a perfect game for you. That's perfect game, and for for poor Grubauer, it's it, when you're an eight fifty one after the season you had last season in the first three games. Like it's that's that's just got to feel real tough for him. Yeah, because because so now the questions are starting to be asked as to whether or not last season was really a fluke. Yeah, I, I'm hope I'm holding that hope that he'll be good. But yeah, I hope so too. Actually, you know that, on the, the on the topic, one, yeah, on the, the topic bit. of goalies, did we want to talk about the Darcy Kemper gaffe from yesterday?
1: I don't know. I, you kind of convinced me that wasn't a gaffe. I mean, it, it was just kind of a no-win situation for him. Okay, and well, we all know Darcy Kemper's not good playing the puck. Like, we all know that.
0: Yeah, okay. Well, I was I was kind of hoping you'd say, yeah, what a terrible play, and then I could go defend him. But... Yeah, no, you, you showed it, and then I am him. Like, yeah, you're kind of right there. He kind of was in a no-win position there.
1: And he's not the strongest handler of the puck. So that was bound to happen. They won the game. Caps won the game. So that's all that matters. Yeah, and... I,
0: I guess I should provide some context. I really did just kind of throw this in out of nowhere, yeah. but For context, there's five seconds left in the first period in the Caps-Canucks game yesterday. And dump in by Brock Besser goes off the boards. Kemper goes out to play it. The puck just bounces right over his stick and goes right to Elias Pettersson for a wide-open goal. And you you had Drew clowning on him and posting on Dang it. You had Sportsnet. It was like, oh, my God, Darcy Kemper. What an idiot. What a terrible play. I don't know what else he was supposed to do on this. Because that puck goes off the boards, and it's going right to Elias Petterson. If yes. Kemper just stays in his net, then Pettersson's got a clear cut shot at the goal. And if he scores, we're all like, Kemper, that's your puck. You're supposed to play that. And it just bounced right over a stick. I thought Obi put it perfectly. like, yeah, Darcy, welcome to, to cap one ice. Very very sarcastically, reading in between the line, it sucks. Yeah, The ice here is terrible. But the Caps no-
1: won and Ovi scored, so it's yeah. a good day for you.
0: And also, like that happened with three seconds left in the first period, and then eight seconds into the second period, the Caps have a dump in from center ice, goes off the backboards to Larzeller, who scores on Demko, who does not come out of his net. Yeah. So I felt the need to defend Darcy Kemper there because yeah. that was not his fault. It looks really bad, but that was not his fault. Yeah, wasn't his fault, but. Yeah, I mean he he's looked okay.
1: I think the Caps have just looked okay. Regardless, it's going to be a fun fun couple of days. That Vegas game is going to be super fun. Um, I don't know. I I don't have high hopes for that game just because it's the second half of a back to back and Vegas has looked pretty. Not
0: yeah, another second half of a back to back. Like I I have higher hopes for that than I did against Calgary because we're not raising a banner this time against. Yeah. Seattle. But Vegas looks good right now, and we're. We're traveling to Vegas, too. get. I don't have super high hopes for that, just because back-to-back, of course. But for the Seattle game, I think they'll be fine. If like, if you're walking out of there with four points, you're happy.
1: Four points in those two games? That means they win
0: both. I mean, against the Jets, too. So, Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. If, if you go two and one this stretch, you're feeling great.
0: Yeah. And you're already on pace to have a much better October than you did last yeah. year. You get through this. And then you have the Rangers on the 25th, which I think will be an interesting game. You got the ESPN treatment for that. And the back-to-back of the Devils and the Islanders. The Islanders you go to, look good, man. They, they look all right. They're scoring and, goals. Yeah. they Well, they scored on Anaheim. So, I mean. well, oh, no. They scored again tonight. I, I mean, I didn't watch the end. How many they end up with?
1: They got four on the Sharks, which for them is. Oh, on and the they have Sharks. F- and wow, they have
0: 40 shots, dude. That's good for the fucking Islanders, dude. Yeah, on the Sharks. No one can do that.
1: Yeah, no, I'm just I'm just saying, man, I like my Islanders pick making the playoffs. I don't hate the pick
0: either. I'm just saying that they've played the Ducks and they've played the Sharks. Dude, so. Nico Sturm already has two goals this year. That's crazy. One, someone's got to score on that team. Yeah. But even still, then you got the two games against Columbus and Finland, and then maybe things will start to feel normal. But the abs, they they look sloppy, but they get a win against Minnesota. Got three more games coming up for you guys for Sunday's episode, but unless Christian has any last second words of wisdom, then I think we're all set. I got nothing, man. All right. Sounds great. Thank you all so very much for tuning in once again. Like Christian said, we've got the contest going on the teledabs is Twitter. You can win two tickets for today's game against the winnipeg jets all you got to do is retweet and follow the tell it abs It Is page and we will be selecting one lucky random winner also still got kale mccarr shirts still available at denvernosebleeds.com get yours while supplies last use promo code tell it abs it is on SeatGeek for twenty dollars off your first order of fifty dollars or more and if you want to follow us on Twitter, which is probably a good idea because you might get good access to tickets. You can follow me at G Young's NHL. You can follow Christian at Christian underscore Belay. And you can follow the show at Tell It As It Is, which is basically where I do tweet. like yes. right? You you can follow me at G Young's NHL, but I tweet on the Tell It As It Is page. So that's basically just following me. So follow us all there. We'll catch you all next time after the abs three games we're going to be doubling our season total in the next episode and up to six games already but we will catch you all then but until then let's go Abs.